1: Ladies and gentlemen, at home, a man who needs no introduction. Our number three. There's been many a Nick that wore number three, but there's only one number three that counts in my book. John Starks is here with us. John, hey, how, how you doing today? I'm doing good. Thank, thanks for joining us. Thank, thanks for joining us today. So uh, we're here kicking off and, and previewing the next season, 2021-22 season. Uh, what's been your thoughts on this team? You know, they, they surprised the league, making the four seed last year and mm-hmm. making it to the playoffs, and there's a lot of expectations for this team this year. What's your thoughts on the roster composition and, uh, and your outlook for the team?
2: Well, the, the roster is, I think, is perfect. Um, you know, you got a mixture of uh, young players along with veteran players, mm-hmm. you know, the likes of uh, Derek Rose, uh, Todd Gibson. Uh, all these guys uh, stepped up big time last year, uh, especially Derek. You know, uh, seemed like he turned back the clock. Yeah, yeah. uh, During the playoffs. And uh, this was very special uh, throughout that whole playoff run. Uh, And Randall, you know, coming back the way he came back and having the year that he had, you know, and having Mitchell Robinson back in the fold now. Mm -hmm. uh, I got a chance to check him out during preseason Mm -hmm. uh, this last game. Uh, he didn't bulk up. Yeah, know, yeah, yeah. So, Mitch got bigger. Yeah, so yeah. he he looks good. And you know we got some young young players, McBride mm-hmm. and, and Grimes, and uh, a lot of these young guys, Sims, uh, which I think could be very good in this mm-hmm. league. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, I'm excited. I'm, yeah. I'm really excited, like I am every year <laughs> at the start of the season. And uh, and those guys, and obviously with uh, Tibbs, they're gonna go out and they're gonna play hard, yeah. night in and night out. And and that's what makes this team special. I think last year they had a, a great identity, uh, defense first, offense second. And I think uh, if anybody knows Tibbs, that's what they're going to be, a hard-nosed, defensive-minded team.
3: It's not a celebrity golf event if John Stark doesn't have the cigar in the hand. <laughs> cigar aficionado, you know, Stanford Cigar Lounge, yes. your place. What, well, By the way, what makes a good cigar? Like what's a pristine cigar? What is it? What makes Mines. it? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> no
2: but no you you have to have obviously a uh, good tobacco yeah, and Correct. and that's the main thing and the wrap and the binder is is very important and so uh, and plus it has to have a smooth draw draw to it. You hate cigars that when you start pulling on it you can't you can't smoke them, you yeah. know what I mean? They go they go out all the time, but ours don't. So uh, I'm excited about, you know, the cigar that we uh, create. It's called Legends cigar so
3: well we have a a legend here CP and you know a guy who makes a good coach is Tom Thibodeau and he's a guy that was an assistant when you were with the Knicks what's been the progression of Tibbs the assistant on the late 90s Knicks to who he is now
2: well uh, I think with any coach you know you have to you have to perfect your perfect your trade and your your art and uh, I think he has done that uh obviously as a learning curve for any coach uh who's Coming from assistant to head coach because now you, you're in charge of, of the show and and so Tibbs had to learn, learn a lot of things which he has done that over the course of his uh, career and it's great to see because I was there when he first started out uh, with the Knicks and it's good to see good to see the progression that he has made as a coach and uh, and the respect that he has in this league.
1: Uh, how do you draw the similarities between Tibbs and and Pat Riley?
2: Uh. Just their consummate work ethic. Uh, Tibbs is a worker, as you all know. Uh, Jeff was the same way, and they all learned that, uh, especially uh, Jeff. He learned it under Coach Riley, and Tibbs learned it under Jeff. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, I think, you know, having that background and having that knowledge uh, is helping him mm-hmm. at, at this point in time uh, because that, that's what the way we play, you mm-hmm. know, hard-nosed defense. Get out the of you and and pound the ball inside when we had had Patrick, but the game has changed now, mm-hmm. and so but Randall, you know, <laughs> he's special. You know, yeah. it's great to see that he has taken control. I think last year, especially during the playoffs, was a, a learning experience for mm-hmm. him, and I think he's going to come back with something new, which you have to do every single year.
1: Yeah, and and you know. It seems like Randall, from his first year with the Knicks to now, it, it just seems like he, he's starting to handle the pressure and understand what it takes to play in New York. Well, mm-hmm. How do you think you were able to, to handle that thing during your playing days?
2: Well, I think the most important thing is that you you have to um, not worry about outside influence. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Coach Riley really taught us that just focus on the 12 guys at the time not 15 guys but focus on the 12 guys in this locker room as well as as the coaches and and not really let the distraction get a, get the best of you cuz we're in the biggest city and the greatest city in the world in New York and there's a lot of distraction as you know and if you start listening to you know all the noise uh, you know talk shows radio tv and, and all of twitter that now. Twitter, twitter, twitter now twitter now social so media yeah. is like huge right now mm-hmm. and you start listening to and buying into what people are saying the negativity and stuff like that and it enters your thoughts mm-hmm. when you step on the court and so uh when i played here i got the best uh what's the name from uh trent tucker and mm. uh, he told me don't Listen to talk radio. Don't mm. listen. To, don't read the newspaper. Mm. Don't listen to TV sports talk radio. None of that. Mm. It just focus on what what you do out there on the court, and that served me well while I was here. I never ever mm. listened to sports talk talk radio, which are great shows. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, mm. but you know <laughs> it, it can be detrimental to players that really buy into all of that. And so, um, and it served me well while I was here. So that's why I was able to be successful
3: okay you never listen to mike francesa <laughs> no, i play golf with mike but i, I don't okay. listen to how's his golf uh, game i got game is pretty decent is he's he he got a, de- yeah, he got a okay.
2: decent game he got a decent game he's got game. a lot of time to golf now. Yeah. Retired. He, ta- so. he talks you through every shot <laughs> <laughs> like,
3: you know i said earlier john a guy that Knicks fans i think the move that got Knicks fans excited was kemba walker you know yeah. we saw what he did at yukon here we've seen what he does the nba at the garden Something about the Garden. What are you looking forward to and in seeing in Kemba at the Garden? And what is it about the Garden that brings out guys' electric performance? It's just different than going to play in Indiana or Miami. There's something yeah. about the Garden that says, I'm going to drop 50 tonight.
2: Well, when you step in inside the city, you know as players when you come here that this is the mecca of basketball. And it's the city game has been played throughout in history. And, and all the great players that have came out of New York City and – to talk about the legends and, and the street game and what have you, born out of here. And so when players come here, they know that they have to bring their game. Mm-hmm. Uh, they know the fans are passionate about the game of basketball. They know they're very knowledgeable. And uh, and so you know you just have to bring your game when you come here. With Kimball, uh, I think the main thing with him, you, you're not worried about his play. you would just worry about him staying healthy. That's the main thing with him. I'm not worried about what he's gonna do out there on the court because I know he's gonna put on a show when he's out there and he's healthy. So that's the the main thing with him. Yeah.
1: How would you describe? You know, you said that Game Seven against the Pacers at the Garden was you know one hmm. of one of the, one of the yeah. best wins you, you experienced. How would you describe that electricity in, in, in MSG and the fans' reaction to you guys uh, clinching and, and going to the finals? No, it, it, it was
2: bananas, man. During that time and. You know, not just us, but the Rangers was mm, having right, the success right. that they was having during the playoffs, mm. and it was very special. It felt like that last year mm. during mm. the playoffs. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It really did. It felt like that. The city was on fire, uh, excited about uh, what the team has accomplished last year, and you know, and that playoff win against Atlanta was very special. It mm. was just you just can feel it. You feel chills yeah. going through your body, and uh, and the excitement that that was in that arena. And mm. we want to continue that this year.
1: When you when you launched on Jordan and and, and Grant with the dunk, hmm. does it surprise you that to this day the hmm. fans still cherish that moment? You know, when when you're in the yeah. middle of the, of the battle and and you know you just want to focus on yeah. winning the game. Does it surprise you that so many years later hmm. it, it's been etched in the brains of, of this fan base?
2: Yeah, well, this is New York. <laughs> yep. this yeah, this is New York, and they remember special plays like that. And I was very fortunate enough to be. Uh, be the one that completed that particular play mm. against arguably the best player they ever played at this level, and Michael Jordan. And so, um, and Horace Grant, let me not forget yeah, Horace Grant. Yeah. He got the brunt of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, I, I didn't think nothing about it. it was just another play to me. I, I tell this story all the time. It, you know, I didn't dunk on a lot of guys mm. throughout my career. So mm. uh, that was just another play that had to happen. It wasn't until I came back and started working for the Knicks Mm -hmm. when I knew that play was very special uh, in New York uh, fans' minds. And so uh, for this day, somebody asked me since 2004, since I started working with Uh the Knicks, every single day somebody (laughs) asked me about that play. (laughs) So that's when I know it's special. And you can think about all the moments in either football with Tyree with the catch and – and uh, Derek Jeter with the couple, plays. Yeah, oh yeah. man, you can just think about yeah. so many guys and those memories, those moments are, are epic moments uh, because of it's New York and yeah. and sports is is the thing. And That's so, a, uh, uh, but culture. I tell people if that play happened in Chicago, it's just another play. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. It, since it happened in Madison Square Garden, it it's became magnified. very very special. Yeah. play. Yeah. When yeah. you win Absolutely. in
3: New York. There's nothing better than that. Um. What's your win prediction? What's your win? Do you have a win total for the Knicks this year?
2: Uh, last year, I, I said between 40 and 50, and uh, I think they uh, exceeded that. Uh, so I'm going 45 between 45 and 55. Yeah, I said 46. Yeah.
3: Oh. yeah. Whoa. yeah I, I, <laughs> 55 yeah. is high. That's John to, Starks is going You got to put it up ladies. there. You yeah, got to put it up yeah. there.
2: You got to have a goal to reach for.
3: All right, a 50-piece nugget. I'll yeah, take it. Go. 50 and 32, uh, yeah. I'm in. Sign me up. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. You, you know,
1: one of the signatures of the 90s Knicks was was a physicality, especially mm-hmm. as a kid. We'd always see the battles with MJ and the Bulls and and the paces and the heat but it, it seems like that attitude almost started on on the practice facility because when we had the x-man on the show he told us about the brawl that, yeah, that yeah, him and mason yeah, got yeah, into and yeah. when charlie ward came on the show he told us about how he and monty williams had to run the gauntlet in practice yeah, and, and really yeah. you know show their toughness and, and oakley caught him across the nose yeah, i mean uh, what were what some of your favorite war stories from, from practice that you could remember
2: man uh it's probably the first practice when x first got here and uh <laughs> You know, him and Oak had, like, a little tiff the, the year before, I right, think. Right. Or something like that. And and so we didn't know what that was going to turn out to be. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, and so – and Mace was trying to prove himself. And so that first practice, all you hear is, like, Brahma Bulls <laughs> going at each other. And uh, all you hear is, like, bodies, bam, 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 and hitting around. So I go up in there. I'm like, I'm not going up in there today. And so, <laughs>
1: what's up? What's up, West? <laughs> we got so Wes Matthews I, senior in the building. I'm
2: not. I'm not going up in the day. I'm let them get that yeah. out their system. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? Because they had something that they had to get out their system, and all yeah. of a sudden, Oak and X locked up, <laughs> and uh, they stared at each other, and it was over with. Yeah. After yeah. that, you know what I mean? They became obviously good friends and and what have you, and you know, and so it it, it was wars down yeah. down there low. So uh, I can remember one time Jeff Ben Gundy. stepped into one of our drills Mm, uh and uh oak planted them in the wall (laughs) 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 And, and jeff like oak you you know what? <laughs> oh, man, that, that was the most funny. He never stepped in any of our dreams again. Yeah, yeah,
3: oh, yeah. He stepped under Alonzo mourning, and That was, that yeah. was the next that, step. That's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's where he got his
1: experience. Yeah, exactly. We're talking to John Starks, CP, the franchise, Jake Brown Radio here mm-hmm. at the Quaker Ridge Golf Club. Um, just a couple, other, couple more questions for you before you go, John. You know, June twenty second, 1994, Game 7 against the Rockets is mm-hmm. scheduled to tip off. You're in the locker room with a, with a 28-year-old John Starks mm-hmm. coming off that game six disappointment. What do you say to him?
2: Uh, What I say to the, in that game right there just changed the way you were thinking going into that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I put a lot uh pressure on myself uh, to go out there and, and uh, repeat what I did in game six, and I didn't go in there with a relaxed mm-hmm. attitude. And mm-hmm. so if I had to do it all over again, I would have definitely – changed the way I was thinking uh, mm-hmm. going into that game because you know basketball is about your mentality mm-hmm. and if you go into a game and with putting added pressure on yourself which I didn't need to do yeah and um, then you can't go out there and play a relaxed game and I didn't play a relaxed game everything was just kind of like sped up for me and even like the night before I didn't get no sleep mm-hmm. at all so mm-hmm. I was working on no sleep at all and my mind was racing and so uh, I would have changed the whole way I would have approached that game, just from a mental standpoint.
3: You ever wish you were able to finish your career with the Knicks and the, the oh, the no trading? question,
2: mm. no question. You know, I felt like when I got traded in '99 for Spree, that uh, obviously Michael was retiring that year, and it, obviously it was a lockout year. I yeah. just felt like we was going to go back to the championship, yeah, and uh, I was going to get a chance to redeem myself. Uh, my prediction was right, <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> but I wasn't right. on that team, so yeah.
1: Uh, Unfortunately, but you're still a beloved hero, beloved figure amongst this Knicks fan base. You know, for the youth that that never saw you play, how do you want to be remembered? What is the legacy of John Starks?
2: Well, just a a guy that went out there and gave it his all and never took a playoff. And and that was just the way I was taught to play the game is play hard uh, to the final buzzer. And that's the way I wanted to be remembered, you know. I was undersized playing my position, and so I had to fight and scratch for everything I got, uh, and to help this organization, you know, get back on top. Mm-hmm. In which I, I was able to do that with along with my teammates, and so I just want to be remembered as a hard-nosed individual.
3: Who is today's John Starks? Do you have a player comparison in today's game to you?
2: Uh, I think from a mentality standpoint, probably be Russell Westbrook. Okay, mm. the way Brody. he play, you yeah. know, he just goes hard. And no matter what the outcome is, he's gonna give a 110 percent, and I respect players like that, and so. Um probably him from a mentality standpoint
3: fashion st- fashion standpoint
2: no relation <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah. nah, he can have that he can have that that's, that's russ that's russ he's unique
1: <laughs> oh man well, well, well John, ja, we, we definitely appreciate you for your time how's your golf game you getting ready to get yeah, out there golf, for tea time? golf
2: game is has been good it's, yeah. it's been a little raggedy uh coming down the stresses <laughs> the end of golf season i think i'm all golfed out but I'm gonna do my best out here today. All right.
1: Well, good, good <laughs> luck to you and enjoyed it. And thanks again for the time. We really all
2: right,
5: appreciate it.
3: Thank you guys. It. Forty-five yeah. to fifty-five wins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to hit first, John, you John start.
1: Starks. Let's go. I'll take Number fifty three, all day. John Starks. I'll, I'll go too. John, thank thanks you. again, thanks, man. Thank you. Always a pleasure. Right, thank you. Number three, John Starks. Throw a hashtag number three in the chat for John Starks, man, one of my favorite Knicks of all time. He's got me time. in the mood
3: for a cigar right now. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. If you got some extra cigars, we'll, <laughs> we'll smoke them. He's got them. All right, cigars all John
1: day. John Starks, ladies and gentlemen, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. Throw a number three in the chat for John Starks. That was a moment right there, man. I got the dunk poster. You see in the show, the dunk poster is right behind me, Uh, man. That is signature for the studio. There was no other thing that was going to go up. That was the first thing to go up. Bro,
3: he's a lot of people's favorite player. You know, we had him on the podcast earlier this year, and Sal Licata, he was his favorite player. He wore the jersey while we had him on the phone, and he was a hero to a lot of guys. It's very interesting. If the Knicks don't trade John Starks, do they still get to the finals? You know, because Spree was a big part of getting to the finals. Spree was big. Spree if was Starks big. is there and not Spree, do yeah. they get to the finals? Do they win the finals with Starks? Are they worse? Are they the same? Um,
1: I still think Spree brought a different – it just brought a more vibrant energy. It was a different energy. You waited for him to walk away to say <laughs> that, didn't you? <laughs> <All right, he's laughs> <that> we <was> just, <laughs> just keep it in a book. We just keep it in a book. This is New York. I mean, look, you know they brought in Houston to kind of take over for Starks to be yep. that shooter. Right? So Houston came in, and the, the ironic thing is is that Starks was asked by Dave Checkitz in nine five nine six nine96 offseason whether he would endorse a Houston or Spreewell acquisition, not at the expense of him, but just to bring them as additions to the team. Mm-hmm. and he advocated for both of them. They end up signing Houston. A couple years later, they end up trading Starks or Spreewell. That's the irony of the whole thing. You always
3: got to think, what if? Yeah, and yeah. you know he said it. He would loved to finish his career with yeah. the Knicks. I mean, who wants to – I'm sorry, but who wants to play in Utah? I mean, yeah. everything yeah. closes at 9 o'clock. You know, Forget alcohol that, closes at 6. Yeah. You know, he's not going to have a cigar lounge. It shows you, though, winning in New York, like we said, how much bigger it is that he won here. He wins anywhere else. He's not the hero he is in New York if he wins in Indiana yeah. versus here. So Not at all.